When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Donna Valentine, Steve Patterson, producer Dawn McLean. How's everybody doing? Steve, oh, better oh, there today, yeah. better, better today than than yesterday, which was better than you know Friday and over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, feels like we're sort of turning a corner in regards to the violent protests. Now, there's still a process, a legal process that has to take place, and I know um, folks are still waiting to figure out what's going to happen with the other three officers, mm-hmm. etc. But um, it feels like there is progress. How are you guys? Um, better, better. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's been a very, very, um, very sad, sad few days, like you said, but a little mm. bit better. Um, we had some peaceful protests, uh, yesterday, nothing crazy. It looks like Washington DC had some, uh, craziness. There were peaceful protests going on, but, um, they were, uh, still hit with tear gas, um, but that's a another whole thing. Um, should mention that the um, the uh, excuse me the memorial for George Floyd. There the dates have been set. Is it tomorrow? Is it on? Uh, or wait, no, Thursday. 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 It's going to be right. Thursday here in Minneapolis. Yeah. There's going to be three separate uh, memorial services. Uh, this one will be at North Central University uh, from one to three. At the Frank J. Lindquist Sanctuary, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton will be doing the eulogy. Uh, that address is 1400 South Elliott Avenue. Uh, family members are going to participate. But here's the interesting thing with, you know, coronavirus still being, you know, a factor in all of this. Um, this uh, facility holds fewer than 900 seats. Are they going to limit the amount of well, that's, people that can go? That's what I'm wondering because... According to the governor, you know, still when it comes to public gatherings, you need to maintain six feet distance between, quote unquote, households. Mm -hmm. Um, The occupancy isn't supposed to exceed 25 percent. So that would be what, 250 people, I I think, is the most that you can have. Mm. So that'll be interesting to get clarification on that. Right. Um, And then in Houston, they'll uh, Saturday, they'll be. a memorial service in North Carolina, and then on Tuesday in Houston, where George Floyd grew up. Um, but did you hear that former boxing champ Floyd Mayweather is paying for the services? No, I had not yes. heard that. Really? Um, yeah. So 
I believe, you know, he offered, the family accepted, and um, he's going to pay for all of them. He thought it was the right thing to do after learning that the CEO of his music label grew up with George Floyd. Really? So that is extremely generous. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really so. great. Um, I did see something. I don't know the, I don't know if we want to play it now. I just sent you both an email. I've got oh. it. Um, I didn't so J. Coles, reporter for Five Eyewitness News, mm-hmm. um, sent me a note this morning, and he said, uh, he, first of all, he said, as your biggest groupie of the Donna and Steve show, <laughs> uh, he said, I was listening to you guys yesterday with questions about the tanker driver oh. that drove into the big crowd on, 30, on 35W Bridge, and yeah. it was just tragedy averted. Anyway, he did a story last night that he said he thinks would answer questions that our listeners might still have regarding the intention and what they're learning at this point regarding it. Um, I, I watched the story. It's it's quite interesting. If you feel like we can spare two minutes, then I'd say we play the whole thing. Absolutely. Okay, here's uh, Jay Cole's reporting on that tanker driver who uh, whose truck went into the protests on 35W Bridge over the weekend. When thousands of demonstrators marched across Minneapolis and St. Paul, blocking interstates, staying mostly peaceful. Then this horrifying moment that made us gasp. It happened during our live coverage. The crowd, up to 6,000 people on the 35W Bridge, scattered as a tanker truck came speeding in. Tonight, we have video of the tanker truck driver just moments before he drove north onto 35W. Jay Coles talked to a gas station owner who says that driver risked his own safety to bring desperately needed fuel into a neighborhood ravaged by violence in South Minneapolis. Mm. It's video you are seeing first on five. At around 5.12 p.m., you can see on this security video, Bogdan Vacherko pulling the tanker truck into the BP gas station at 36th and Lindale Avenue South. He drops 8,500 gallons into the tanks, casually walks from behind the truck, chats with the station owner, walks around a little bit more, signs off on the delivery, and then leaves northbound toward the interstate. So he did a favor? He did a favor bringing it here. We tried to get him in and out. In less than 20 minutes, something strange is about to happen as he comes face-to-face with protesters on the 35W Bridge. Speculation swirled about the driver's intentions. The owner of the BP station tells me Bacherko risked his safety to try and help deliver much-needed fuel to the torn-up neighborhood. It wasn't safe to be in the city. After this incident happened, you know, I, I can't speak on behalf of the company because we, we're 360 and we're not them. But what I do know is that they pulled all their drivers nationwide and they weren't delivering any more gas to anyone. Lonnie McWhorter says uh-huh. he's known the driver for a while and that he's always been safety conscious. And that day, when the driver visited his BP station, McWhorter says he was not acting like someone about to confront protesters just minutes later. And to turn a blind eye to someone who's working their best to follow protocol and doing their job from, you know, from the way that I assessed the situation from when he was on property and from when I saw him on Lindell coming down here. So you don't think he was trying to do anything nefarious? I don't believe so. The head of the Minnesota Department of Public Safety says right now the evidence does not suggest Vacherko deliberately drove into the freeway to harm the protesters. So it doesn't does not appear from the cameras that we've seen that it went around any barricades or went through any barricades. Governor Tim Walz agrees and says protesters kept the situation from actually getting worse. The crowd, the vast majority, were protecting him. 
the protesters were protecting the driver who they had just seen appear to run into the crowd because they realized how dangerous the situation was. To friends, Bagdon Bacherko is a good guy just trying to help a hurting neighborhood with a last-minute delivery he'll never forget. Hmm. Now listen to this. And public safety officials say where Vichurko exited Lindell onto I-94 East and then onto 35W North, that part of the freeway was not yet blocked off to traffic. Vichurko was arrested but has not yet been charged with a crime. Kevin? Jay, you know, right, we, again, we showed that live, and immediately after, there was a rush to judgment, and I heard personally, though, from truck drivers who said nobody understands how hard it is to stop mm -hmm. an 80,000-pound truck like that, and that Virchirko did an excellent job and showed great skill. Yeah, it was the opinion of the BP gas station owner, Kevin, that if he had wanted to really wreak havoc on that bridge, it would have been very easy for him with that much weight and power to take out some people. He says he's a very conscientious guy. He says he's been very safety. Safety protocol has always been number one when he's been at his station. And he's just convinced that he got onto the freeway before it was blocked mm -hmm. off and had no idea where he was headed. Well, he knew where he was headed. He just didn't know he was headed into the protesters. Mm -hmm. And again, there's, there's more to this story. He's being held in the Hennepin County Jail right. tonight, has not been charged yet. Correct. Wow. So that, I, that is a, I, I just thought, certainly answered some questions for me as you because as you try to make sense of that video goodness i i just felt so many things the first thing i when i saw it i just initially like told my wife oh my gosh this is just so awful because it is easy to see that crowd to see one lone truck and to as they just both pointed out that was again jay cole's reporting he was talking with kevin dorn of five eyewitness news it's very easy it certainly was for me to rush to judgment about intent of the driver and uh, it's a it was a good reminder. Now, obviously, police I, charges haven't been filed at this point, and I don't know if he is still in police custody or not. Um, but it was a good reminder for me personally to, especially in a fluid moving situation, maybe before I rush to judgment, like stop and try to wait for some information to come out. You know, it, it's kind of reminiscent to me of nine eleven. When you're when if you were watching that footage live and you're just you give the benefit of the doubt and go, oh, OK, it's probably just a plane from Teterboro Airport, like a small plane just mm -hmm. flying too low. And then you realize the gravity of the situation. I think this is like I the inverse. of th that. It's like scar tissue, you know, that you just that's the mm. first thing you think of now because mm. we've experienced such tragedy in this country before. Um, that's just my take, you know, well, just I, your mind just goes to that because the setup right, for all of it was mm -hmm, perfect. Right. Well, yeah. and I suppose it's worth noting too, because so much of this, uh, the, the tragedy and the strife and the unrest that we've seen all across the country, um, is centered on race that that BP station owner, um, is a black man and, uh, the driver of the truck is a white man. And so there you have, um, this black business owner who is giving the benefit of the doubt to this person. Um, to this, you know, white truck driver that that he knows, and so there, there's sort of a beautiful thing in that too, of he's vouching for this guy who many people just immediately rush to judgment. And I mean, if you were on Twitter afterward, I, you know, here's what I've been reminded of: Twitter, newsflash, uh, can have a lot of inaccurate information on there. Is that right? Where someone is that right? So someone, <laughs> you take a video, and then it's like boom, and then they put a caption with it, and they have made a suggestion. He is from this group or he is from that group. And, 
you you can really get you just have to be careful. I'm I'm preaching to myself here mm-hmm. when scrolling on Twitter, especially in the midst of times like these, because you can get misinformed one way or another in a heartbeat because it's you know it's civilian journalism mm-hmm. so to speak. Exactly. You, know, you just put it up there and it's like you know what I saw on Twitter, and and. You know, it's you, you have to really sift through. So anyway, it was interesting to hear that. So if anyone was having questions about that, I know the mayor had hinted at that yesterday, that from what they had heard, uh, there was not malicious intent and that the protesters, that could have really been ugly afterward, too, you know, well, because and, had, and in fact, they were actually trying to get him out of there. Um, a lot of the protesters were trying to protect him protect from him. any violence. Which is really, that's a beautiful thing. N- not knowing if that truck was going to explode. Sure. So, yeah. Oh, appreciate that. Thanks to Jay yeah. Coles for uh, reminding us and giving us a, a clarification on that. Um, you know what? So we're going to be back to business as usual for the most part. Um, we've got a lot of, um, celebrity reactions to what's been going on in the country. Uh, we'll be peppering that throughout the show. Uh, so keep on listening for that. But, um, for the most part, uh, we're going to try to get back to a little bit back to normal and give you a respite from all the, um, the terrible news that's been going on lately. So, um, well, listen, I'll try to cleanse the palate with uh, a normal grab bag of stupid information that really nobody needs. How about this? <laughs> Uh, find out why one phone company is using a butt-shaped robot to mm. test their phones. We'll get into that next on Things That Make You Go, huh? On Don and Steve on My Talk. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. You're listening to the Donna and Steve Show on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Donna Valentine, Steve Patterson, producer Don McClain. Things that make you go, huh? Things that make you go, huh? All right, I got something dumb. You ready? Yes, yes. please. That's right. Those deep pauses That's scare right. me, Steve. I know. Sorry, please. I actually it's really been a bad that morning was, for technical stuff. You're giving okay, me a uh, heart that attack. Was, that was my fault, Don. <laughs> I had my mic level down. I turned my mic. I turned the knob down during the break. Is he not connected? No. I just, you know. So I'm so sorry, Don. It's the last <laughs> thing you need right now. It's the last thing you need. Let's talk about butt robots. Oh, okay. Yay! I'm down with that. <laughs> um, Samsung apparently uses a butt-shaped robot to test out their phones. Why? So that, you know what I mean? No. So that, okay, so that way, you know, we slide our phone like into our back pocket. A lot of people oh, do that. Oh, okay. They do that so that this robot, which is shaped like a butt and even wears jeans, um, then sits on the phones to make sure that they can take the pressure. <laughs> Say butt okay, robot. Okay, that makes Jeans. sense. It's like a crash test dummy. Robot jeans. <laughs> yes. There you go. Um, I thought <laughs> Listen, you're... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Remember the iPhone? What, was it the iPhone? Oh, goodness. The 78, the 10, the X, I don't know. There was one of them, though, and right after it came out, people were posting images of the new big... It was it happened on the bigger model, not the smaller model, and the phone was bending when people were sitting on it, oh. and it was a big oh, design flaw. Oh, this was probably uh, two or three years ago, but it was a big design flaw, so that's why Samsung has butt robots. Now, Samsung has had its own other problems, you know, like the phone's... Yeah, catching on fire and stuff. But, you know, they're growing. They're growing. Steve, they complained to me after the show, (laughs) you never give us interesting facts about fruits. Here she comes. Nobody likes bananas. Donna. Sorry. We need to be positive today, and you talking about your just unreasonable distaste for bananas. (laughs) Really? No, you can't make a smoothie without a banana. No, I love they're good in smoothies, but just like peeling one and just like eating it. If it doesn't have <laughs> peanut butter on it, like, mm, not interested. You know what I like about a banana? It's just, it feels, it, it feels like by and large, it always tastes the same. There aren't different breeds of bananas. Uh, they're not working they're on. Not, they're not ripe enough. Sometimes. There is a ripe thing that you got to get to, but any any banana lover knows how to get it to the right spot. And if it gets too ripe, put it in the freezer, save it for banana bread. Exactly. Or but it's not like there's a, you know, a Hawaii banana and then the, uh, the juicy banana and here's a tart banana. Apples are a little too complicated for their own good. Back to oranges. <laughs> the original oranges from Southeast Asia were a tangerine pomelo hybrid, and they were actually green in color. Would they be and- called greens then? Donna! What?! Oranges in warmer regions like Vietnam and Thailand still stay green through maturity. How about that? Why is an orange an orange and an apple's not like a red? Because you know? some of them are green. Oh, good some. point. All right, how do a banana could Maybe be... they just got lazy. Maybe at that point they were like, orange. you know what? Really yeah, makes it easy to orange. learn colors and fruits if you're a kid, you know? Why is a beet called a beet? Good hmm. question. McDonald's once made, let's stay in fruits and veggies. Now, Donna, you've heard this before if you were listening. Don, this will be brand new information for you. Yes, Don, this is an entire segment on our show. It's It just gets rehashed. What? Um, I'll, I just go through these facts, you know, like one month at a time, trust that a lot of people forgot, and then I start telling people the same facts. Again. Oh, sure. Occasionally, I think they're all interesting. Occasionally, one sneaks through. Here we go. McDonald's once made bubblegum flavored... Hamburgers. Broccoli. Broccoli. Oh, remember they were trying to do that with a lot of veggies for kids to get them to eat them? I See, I missed out on this, but you're you're right. That, that's what they were doing. They were trying to get the kids interested. Um, it did not go over well with like the worked. child testers who were, quote, confused by the taste. And confused why their parents are making them work at age eight. <laughs> Why do I have to, I have to We're going to get some money. Here. And why can't I blow bubbles with my broccoli? Oh, okay. Thank you. Don, this one is specifically for you because of your intense love of zombies. Yes. That's true. Great. Okay, perfect. 
The tropical fungus, stay with me here, the tropical fungus Ophiosordiceps. It infects ants' central nervous systems. Don, you're a member of an ant ant. colony (laughs) on Facebook, so I thought you might think this is interesting. Lick, lick, munch, munch. Okay, so by the time the fungi have been in an ant's body for nine days, listen to this. The fungi have complete control over the host's movement. So they will force the ants to climb trees, then convulse and fall into the cool, moist soil below where fungi thrive. Once there, the fungus waits until exactly solar noon to force the ant to bite a leaf and kill it. I'm got, I've got to tell the rest of the ants about this. <laughs> yeah, this more is, than I, anything. I feel like I have a duty a as responsibility. an ant to link this up and say, enemy <laughs> kill. <laughs> enemy kill. And then just oh put the link. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. That's the best part of this uh, this ant colony that you're in. Enemy. Is, I'll say run because it's such a strong word to say kill. Enemy Run. Run. That's great. Fungi enemy. Should I say fungus? I just think enemy because they would know. They would know enemy. like fungi. Yeah. And we spotted the enemy. Okay. Oh, that's really great. And I like it's just a lot of one word commands there. One word responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Run, run, run. And then you'll have thousands of people say run. <laughs> now I feel oh. bad. I had Plunkets come out to kill a bunch of ants in my house. Ooh, Got all those little gel things like on the baseboards and everything. Now I'm going to put a picture of Donna up and say, <laughs> <"Enemy."> <laughs> Oh, Lord in heaven. You know, do you remember the ant, um, Don? I'm so sorry that we're doing this. This is insensitive to your ant call anything. But yeah. do you remember the ant um, domes where, like, th- these are the ant traps that we had as kids? They were, they look like a home, almost like an igloo, it's and like they had mound. multiple ways to go in, and then the ant would go in, mm-hmm. eat something bad, take it back to the colony, and kill the colony. Correct. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Sorry, Don. Oh, yeah, that's, that what the, that's what this gel stuff does that you put on your baseboards. They, like, get in it, then they eat go back little. to their nest, and then, yeah, oh. infect everybody. <sighs> Sorry, guys. How do you feel about that, Donna? I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> not creeped out by snake. the ants anymore. <laughs> All right, let me tell you this. Uh, a cow-bison hybrid is called what? Care to guess? A cow-bison hybrid. A bow. A kison. A, <laughs> a cowson. A beefalo. Oh, you can cute. Even, You can buy its meat in at least 21 states. You can get beefalo. What are we having tonight? Let's, you want beefalo? Let's do beefalo stew. You can have beefalo <laughs> in 21 states. Now, do they just take the meat and squish it together, or is it a? It's mm. a hybrid animal. I don't. What I like. I, well, the yeah, picture I'm looking animal. at, it looks I like feel a centaur. Very dumb right now, I'm sorry. I know it's like a donkey and a mule and. Uh, Isn't it a donkey and a horse makes a mule? Yes. Don't drink, kids. That's the real. That lesson. is the you lesson, I mean? kids. <laughs> yeah. And don't smoke pot. There you go. While we're at it. All right. Um, wow. That's a good time to take a pause. (laughs) Yeah, let's take a break. Uh, Uh, When we come back, um, late night hosts respond to uh, what's going on in the country. Uh, We'll get to some of that coming up next on My Talk 1071. 
So a lot of comedians, not comedians, well, comedians, I guess technically they are comedians and and talk show hosts. Um, Tons of celebrities, of course, are speaking out about the um, the the death of George Floyd uh, here in the Twin Cities at the hands of a uh, Minneapolis police officer. Um, Conan O'Brien did a very serious show last night. Uh, he made opening comments, and then he spent the rest of his time with uh, Van Jones. Uh, here's part of his show open. We have a ritual now in America whenever something terrible happens. Our nation goes into shock, and hundreds of people like myself come on television and try to make sense of it all. We're rightfully sickened by the needless killing of a black man named George Floyd. Our national crisis is that a large and vital community in our country is in real pain. Pain because they do not feel safe or dignified or seen. And most important of all, they do not feel heard. You know, it's kind of um, the same sentiment throughout, you know, from people commenting like Conan. I really appreciate that they do step Mm -hmm. away from regular programming to, to just address the seriousness of the situation. And sometimes it can make, um, I, I think that, you know, news outlets, obviously they're working around the clock on this kind of a thing and they're, uh, they're, they're used to dealing with serious tone. But when you find someone who is a comedian by nature and they downshift into more of a serious tone to address something, I actually think that it can have, it has an opportunity to have more of a profound impact on the hearer, the listener, the audience, yes, because it's just like, oh, whoa, I, I don't see this side, and then let's listen to what this person has to say. Absolutely. Um, Jimmy Fallon also had a serious tone to his show last night. Um, we've got part of his message about, you know, recent civil rights protests and concerns. The silence is the biggest crime that white guys like me and the rest of us are doing. We need to say something. We need to keep saying something, and we need to stop saying that's not okay more than just one day on Twitter. We all need to be talking about this. It's not going to get buried. It's not going away. We can't just hope that everyone loves each other. We can't say, be the change, and just sit around tweeting, be the change, be the change. Mm -hmm. What is the change? How do I change? How do I do it? This is such a long root in the ground. It is so long and deep, but we got to get in there, and we have to dig it up. You know, I put a, um, a link on our show links page on the Donna and Steve show page at mytalk1071.com. I came across this amazing comprehensive list mm-hmm. of ways that um, white people can do their part. Educate yourself on black history and and just it goes way, way beyond that. But it is an amazing list. You can find it, like I said, on on the website if you're interested in, in how you can be a part of the change. Uh, Jimmy Fallon also commented on being in the news recently as video of him in blackface on SNL reemerged. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's what he had to say about delaying his apology. I had to really examine myself because a story came out about me on SNL doing an impression of Chris Rock in blackface, and I was horrified. Not at the fact that people were trying to cancel me or cancel the show, which is scary enough. But the thing that haunted me the most was, how do I say, I love this person. I respect this guy more than I respect most humans. I'm not a racist. I don't feel this way. And instead, what I kept getting advised was to just stay quiet and to not say anything. And that's the advice because we're all afraid. And I took the advice and I thought, oh God, I'm gonna do this wrong. 
you're right, I'm going to say something and get myself into even more trouble. And I realized that I can't not say I'm horrified and I'm sorry and I'm embarrassed. There you go. It's interesting to hear that he was being told not to say anything. I kind of got the feeling that that was the situation. Mm -hmm. Because he seems like the type of person who would just jump right in. Yeah, and all of these celebrities, we have to remember, they're not just... Taylor Swift is 50 people. You know what I mean? Uh, Jimmy Fallon is 20 people. Yes. Taylor Swift is the most... She has the most Yes, she does. She has the 50. She has the 50. Jimmy has the 20. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, they have so many people telling them what to do. They're managers from just uh, people at SNL, I'm sure. And, and... It's just their publicist, their publicist, their agent, and a n- numerous other people. I think people become confused and they don't know what to do, and they don't handle. want to say the wrong thing. Right. Well, and also think of this too, you know, because I remember, and we talked about this on this show that um, when Megyn Kelly ended up leaving NBC mm-hmm. after comments that she made regarding um, having been in blackface. Well, I think it was at like a college party. Was it at a college party? It was something at a party, right? At like a some sort of a costume party years ago. Yeah, and she she kind of downplayed the the offensiveness of that Mm -hmm. yes and then the next i think it was the next day um that she had guests on the show that you know in front of the television audience basically you know schooled her and educated her on why you don't think it's bad let me explain to you why it's bad Mm -hmm. right and at that time i just wonder um if jimmy fallon's people maybe were giving him that information because it was like look there appears to be a zero tolerance tone right now. And so if you come out and try to even apologize for what you've done, now is the wrong time where, in theory, you could imagine NBC feeling too much political pressure at that point or pressure from their audience saying, wait a minute, he should go too. Then you could conceive in a, like a reality where Jimmy Fallon and would let's... have lost his job. And let's go back and look at everybody who did things like that. Ted Danson did that when he was uh, dating Whoopi Goldberg. Um, You know, and And I don't know that retroactively canceling people, by the way, is is the right thing to do. But to Jimmy Fallon's point that he just made, neither is silence in avoiding it. You know what I mean? You you can go back and you can own that and say that was just that was just wrong. And here I was uneducated and not thinking of others. And and here's what I have learned. It kind of reminds me of the Chris, um, I'm sorry, the Kevin Hart situation where, remember when he was asked to apologize for, you know, before hosting, when he was invited to host the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And he had apologized in the past and he, he put out this this video saying that he's learned from his mistakes, he's listened to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were people in the gay community that he offended and he... Um, tried to say that he's become a better man and he's listened and he's embarrassed for his children. Um, That's the type of thing when you hear like a a sincere apology and that you've learned something along the way and you've changed your behavior. I I think we have to accept that if if it's sincere. I think that, I think that a, I think that a changed heart, Yes. is more meaningful yes. to the solu- the long-term solution than muting voices or canceling yes. people. And 
And by the way, I think that that happens at both like an emotional and intellectual level, as well as at a spiritual level. Like, like that's one of the things that, that I want to pray for now in the midst of all this mm-hmm. is like the, the hidden things that are in people's hearts, that, that there would be some level of God rescuing the heart so that we would see each other and we would see each other um, beautifully equal and valuable. And like, but that's, that's not just to Jimmy Fallon's point. He's talking about, you know, you can't just tweet it one day. Um, but like a changed heart yeah. is, is, yeah. is, is, I think meaningful. And by the way, did you guys see this too? This is sort of interesting. And I know that as a station, we're engaging in it. And I think that it is very well intended. The blackout that's happening right now. If you go to your Instagram feed, if you're on your mm-hmm. phone, scroll. And you're going to see for every five posts, four of them will just be a blacked out image. Mm-hmm. And uh, and people are using hashtag Black Lives Matter. Now, my Twitter's getting funky on me right now where it's not showing me some of the trending on my computer, which is sort of weird. Maybe there's a Twitter bug. But um, I saw one of the top trending things that when I went on this morning was hashtag do not use. And it was actually saying don't use um, the hashtag Black Lives Matter if you post the blacked out image because... What used to be a searchable hashtag to get valuable information for what's going on is suddenly just a bunch of blacked out images. And someone um, was also mentioning it, it almost now your Instagram feed, if you search that, you'll just see a sea of it. And there are people that are showing you their screen grabs of what their feeds look like now and everything is blacked out. So yesterday it would have been useful information or it would have mm-hmm. been powerful images of uh, of what's happening right now. And today it's just all these blacked out images. And so it's interesting. There's, and I think that both are very uh, well intentioned. But as Jimmy mentioned, you know, it can't just be that. I've seen some other people pushing back on social media um, in the world of Twitter, saying, you know, here you have some folks who have never like engaged in really trying to change, and they're just throwing up this image, and you know, it sort of looks brave or it looks invested in the situation. So mm-hmm. I'm seeing both sides of it yeah. right now. But it was weird to see that trending on Twitter. Where it was like, because uh, I went to Insta, it is just a bunch of black images. And it looks like this really powerful thing of solidarity. But then Twitter is pushing back saying, uh, maybe this is having an unintended consequence. Huh. There's another hashtag, the show must be paused. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hashtag, the show must be paused. Maybe we should just use that. And more on, uh, just quickly here, I want to mention, we're talking about Jimmy Fallon's apology or apologies in general. Because now we're a culture who we judge apologies. Are they good enough? Do they mm-hmm. feel heartfelt enough? And as far as his his blackface apology, we are saying that we accept it, but we are white people. And so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It matters whether or not African-American people accept it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. wanted to check myself mm-hmm. by saying that yeah. because we don't know how it feels to have our race be a costume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's important. For sure. Uh, We'll hear from more celebrities coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, We'll tell you what people are saying. But when we come back, if you see something, say something. Um, Remember the story that Kylie Jenner was the youngest billionaire in the country? Yeah. Yeah, Was she on the cover of Forbes? I believe so. Well, that might not be so true. Don McLean's going to tell you about it coming up next. If you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight.
Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Did she lie about her earnings? Yes. I mean, that's what Forbes is saying. You know, they put out their list of billionaires, the title of the article. She rounded up to the nearest billion? She did. Oh, my gosh. It's titled Inside Kylie Jenner's Web of Lies and Why She's No Longer a Billionaire. Uh, They are claiming, now, they get this list. I don't know if they just go on the word of the person who tells them how much they're worth, and that's how they make their list. But um, it's interesting because they're now saying that the lengths that that the family went through to convince Forbes that she was a billionaire uh, included what they think is forged tax returns. Oh, (gasps) Inviting Forbes leaders into their mansions and CPA's offices um, and and even creating tax returns that were likely forged. they make a business on being famous just for being famous. And the word of mouth is very important. I mean, she ended up selling 51% of her company to Cody for $600 million, um, which profit-wise, it's a deal valued at $1.2 billion. Uh, but initially, what they're saying is, is that there were a lot of lies that went into um, their conversations with the Jenners, including Chris Jenner, creating this idea that Kylie mm. was a billionaire when she actually wasn't. Was she extremely rich, richer than any of us will ever be? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, but now with COVID-19, definitely those sales have been way down. Uh, but it's interesting to see them sort of pointing the finger but they're sort of responsible for part of this, don't you think? I would say so. They're the ones that put out the list anyway. Right. And if they're not going to research it good enough, I, I don't know. I guess these, I guess they do have to in some way prove with, with tax returns how much money they're making in order to make the list. And they're saying that yeah. these were likely forged. I'm thinking, uh. so if she sold it for $600 million, that means that... That was 51%. So she still owns 49%. So the 51% is 600 million was the sale. So she. But she still owns owns the other. 49%. So let's even call that $500 million. Mm -hmm. That still comes out to over a billion dollars, doesn't it? It does. But what she sold it for might not have been a fair price. Also, they're claiming because their perception was that she was a billionaire and that she was had this level of success. So it even affected her deal with Cody Mm. because they're they're spreading these rumors and lies. They're accusing them allegedly of doing this to where they could ask for that price. Okay. so and then they put out, wow, she sold all of this to Cody. But what was the. What was the perception and the idea of the brand in the first place? And that's just part of the web of lies that are complicated with it's this family. So complicated. So I guess Kylie is so now these are rumors, but that she's not answering her mother's calls and doesn't want her to be her manager anymore. Oh my God. And Chris you know, gets ten percent of the profits. That is true. From Kylie right. Cosmetics. So she's definitely concerned. Damn it. I think I'm she'll just, be okay. I'm so glad that my parents don't care about my financial situation. <laughs> they, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm sure they would. They would care if I was down on my luck or something like that. But they, there's just 
and I'm judging from the outside. I don't know what it's like to be a big celebrity where you're dealing with all this kind of stuff and you care about if Forbes talks about you in this way. But it just feels a little not great if like if I knew my dad was like, Well, I've been trying to talk to Forbes. We gotta get we'll get you to a billion. You're gonna be the first billionaire, you know, boy on the front of Forbes. It just doesn't it feel like could you mom, dad, could you care about something else? Yes. Other than this, please? It's like a stage mom. Well, but- and it's all about perception. They're trying to maintain this perception of their their wealth and their beauty. And their value. Their brand. Yes. And we play right into it because how many followers does she have on Instagram? Um, let's more see than here. 500, right? Does she have more than Taylor Swift? Let's uh, see. It's Whoa. really big. I'm going to look up Taylor. <laughs> you look up her. It is 179 million. And Taylor okay. has... Oh, wow. Only 133 million. Yeah, Kylie Jenner, 179 million followers. Hang on. Let me see. The Rock. Now, huh. she is following Don't come at my boy, The Rock. people. Oh. Right? We got The Rock <laughs> at 185 what? million followers for The Rock. Okay, <laughs> he wins. Oh, he wins. He's over Kylie. Yeah. Wow. He was on, he's, on, he's hosting that show that, I don't know. It's the sporty show, you know, where people... The Titan Games. Yeah. Yeah. So he was on yesterday. I'm I'm just not a sport person. Yeah. That's clear. I'm sorry. Thank you. Well, well, just by you (laughs) saying that phrase, I'm not a sport person, sort of convinced me. I'm not a sport person. I try to be your athletic supporter, but I'm just not 100% in it. Do you like like thrill parks? Yes. You know... Oh, well... Let me let me paint a grim picture of all the fun you could have. Awesome. Uh, Japanese fun fairs have released their rules for the coronavirus era. You might think maybe there maybe there could be shades of this at other parks as we try to open up again in the midst of the uh, trying to contain the coronavirus crisis. How about this? The headline reads: No screaming, no high fives, and haunted house ghosts will scare victims from a safe distance. <laughs> these are just some of the fun things that you can uh, look forward to. So these fun fairs, you know, they're, they're like uh, amusement parks. Uh, let's see. Among the recommendations, thrill seekers, this according to the Daily Mail, will be asked to wear masks at all times and to, quote, refrain from vocalizing loudly on roller coasters and other rides. <laughs> no screaming. What? No, just because the louder you scream... The more chances there are that little projectiles, little little yes, pellets, could leave your mouth. Aerosols. So here we go, guys. Here we go. That's why here we you go. wait to sit in the here front. We go. Yes, Dawn. I always so wait true. to sit in the front seats. It's more fun and it's true. Safety. Superheroes engaged in fights to the death. You know, like on like the stages, they do those little side stage shows. Mm-hmm. Those superheroes. Um, will also avoid having to whip up support from spectators because they want to prevent screams and those potentially coronavirus-laden droplets. So they won't turn and be like, it's our turn, right, crowd? Because the crowd can only go, uh. <laughs> can you Here they come on the roller coaster. Uh, maybe we'll, a little flag that you can wave. Like, oh, I'm, I'm really like, enjoying this. It should, maybe it yeah, just like, like everybody cheer for... This guy, and it's quiet, and then you just have little red flags. Give them flags on the roller coasters, too, because I want there to be, like, a laugh flag that you hold up if you're just like, this is, oh, this is so great. And then a really, like, this Terrified. is the biggest thrill of my life flag. Yeah. Yes. You're right, Don. A I flag like system. That's good. That'll do it.
Mm. Oh, I almost suggested something that's not going to work. What do you do call those anyway. Vizuzu things? Vuvuzuelas. Uh, Vuvuzuelas. No, you... just, that's not Vuvuzuela. Vuvuzuelas. Yes. Or Venezuela. No, or wait, wait. Venezuela. No, it's no, it's Vuvuzuela. No, it's Vuvuzuela. You mean the thing at the World Cup game? Yes. Those are Vuvuzuelas. That's not how you say it. That's. You were gonna Google pronounce this. Vuvuzuela. Hang on, I'm efforting. Lululemon. How do you even spell Vuvuzela? No, Vuvuzela. No. Oh, now you're changing it. It's gotta be. Vavuzela. Vavuzela. Vuvuzela. No. I'm looking it up. Vavuzela. Vuvuzela. Too late. Oh, wait, wait. Hang on. Let me listen. Yo, time is up. Hang on, hang on. Here we go. Vavuzela. No! Vavuzela. All right, we got to go to break. Got in time for the win. Oh, God. I'm going home. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.